And the list is long, right? And we got to get get presents and got to get them under the tree. And there's so much to do and so much going on. We have to get presents, presents, presents. Got a question. Is there anybody here who haven't gotten one present yet? Yep, yep. I knew that there'd be some. And so that's the case of where we are. And maybe it seems like that's the most important thing going on right now. But we might have a list, and we might need to still get presents. But what happens if you're getting close, and and I know that um, if it weren't for my wife, I'd be guilty of this. I'd wait till uh, Christmas Eve, and I'd go out, and I'd get the presents, and I'd try to wrap them up and get them under the tree as fast as possible. Um, but what would happen if you waited till the last minute? then tried to go and get those presents. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, everything goes wrong. Isn't that what, what might happen? And, and, and I think about this as Jesus is talking here in John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, and verse 27, I titled it up there. It says, Jesus talks to his disciples about mission and the Samaritans believe. It's kind of what I want to talk about um, today in John chapter 4, verses 27 to, to 45. And Jesus has been talking to this, this, to this Samaritan woman. And last week we left it off at kind of this climax where Jesus has been having this conversation. He talked to her about the gift of God. He talked to her about living water. And then when she starts trying to change the topic and he talks about her sin, he gets back to the point that he is the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And his disciples show up. And his disciples show up, and it says in verse 27, And at this point his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said to him, said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? I mean, I picture these guys. They come back and they see Jesus talking to this Samaritan woman. And they go, what's he doing talking to her? And, and they're kind of maybe whispering all, thinking it, but don't want to say anything to Jesus to find out what's going on. But um, Jesus wasn't in the business of reaching out to the lost. He was interested in reproducing his message. And in verse 28 it says, The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. You see, Jesus had offered her something wonderful. The greatest gift that the world could ever imagine. Bob Bowker was absolutely right about why I chose that song for this morning. He just got up here and he said, You might think that this isn't a Christmas song, but look at the first verse and tell me it's not. And then look at what we're talking about today. Jesus shares this message of eternal life to this woman the gift of God, 
And she goes and she tells everybody in town what Jesus had been sharing with. And so I just, as I chose that, I looked at that and I said, wow, that really fits with the whole topic of the day. Tell me the story of Jesus, the sweetest that ever was heard. And he offered that woman the gift of God. Eternal life through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And the woman went and testified. She spread the message of eternal life to her whole community. Jesus was, this woman was, Jesus was in the business of reproducing the message. Take and share the message with one who will go and share the message with others. And that's the same thing that we're supposed to be doing. But the disciples, they were here and they were seeing all this going on. And they think earthly still. Yes, they've been t- they have been spending time with Jesus Christ, but they still have earthly minds. It won't be until the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of them after Jesus Christ ascends into heaven that they they it doesn't the light bulb really doesn't turn on. They don't fully grasp it, and so Jesus wants to take this opportunity. To say, I don't want you guys to think about earthly things. I want you to think about heavenly things. And I I said just a moment ago, we were talking about cookies. Kent was talking about cookies and somebody else was talking about food. And and we look in the bulletin and it's food this day. I mean, if you look, Tuesday, there's a men's dinner smorgasbord. Thursday morning, there's seasoned saints where they come. And let me tell you what, they eat good on Thursday mornings. Then Friday night, we have a Christmas dinner here. Tonight, we're having cookies, cookies, cookies. Food, 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 food. And the question here was, what's more important than food? Like I said, Kent was setting this right up. He walked right into it, didn't he? How many of you guys were at the Jim Jim and Melissa Brady concert the other night? Remember when Jim was kind of being sarcastic that evening and he said, he said, Baptist's favorite song, they end every service with it, until we eat again, right? And, 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 oh boy. Well, let's look here what Jesus says. In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, Has anyone else brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say there are still four months Then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this say the saying is true. One sows. And another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered 
into their labors. As I read that, Jesus says, "Hey guys, I want you to think about I want you to think about earthly things and I want to compare them to heavenly things." He says there's something more important than eating. And that's laboring for the kingdom of God. Do the work that he sent us to, to do. To share the message of eternal life. And so, like I said, in the bulletin this week, you, you have lots of opportunities to eat. Tonight, you can come and have all your share of Christmas cookies. Tuesday, you can go to Path of Life and they'll have a, you know, Brad will have a great big old meal for you. I can remember those meals and and I used to come out of the kitchen. I used to go back and I used to say, Michelle, I have no, I've said this before. I'm the guy that has to have the plate with the little dividers and my food can't like touch other parts. Now I, I like, I eat just as much as any other guy, but um, if not more, but at those men's dinners, they just spoonful of this and it gets to be like this tall and a food just all mixed together. And we, me and my wife used to say, well, should we put out a salad at these things? And these, their wives aren't going to be there. They're not eating salad. And, and those, those plates just got bigger and bigger. <coughs> Let me tell you what. And then Friday, we've got the meal here. And, and it'd be awesome if you could go to all those things. It's going to be great programs each day, season saints on Thursday and and the program tonight, and men's dinner, and the Christmas dinner, all great things. But if the Lord lays on your heart a mission to do, that's more important. You're on your way to the men's dinner at camp, and all of a sudden, you see somebody broken down on the side of the road and you think, oh, I could help them and maybe get the opportunity to share the gospel with it. And the Lord lays it on your heart, you better do it, right? Because that's more important than the meal up there. If you've got your cookies all baked for tonight and ready to go and you're thinking, boy, I can't wait to have that cookie sell, cookie." Uh, fellowship after the Christmas program and to see those kids and your your unsafe child calls. They say, Mom, Dad, I need help. I need help right now. Hang up the phone, go help them, and leave the cookies. Because it's more important than food. Friday night, I'm sure that, that the hospitality committee is going to have a wonderful meal plan. And when you guys bring in all your extra goodies, I've seen the list. It's going to be a great meal. But if nobody shows up, because everybody is out sharing the gospel with their neighbor, because the Lord laid it on everybody's heart, who cares? Because sharing the gospel is more important than food. And Jesus made that point very, very, very blunt in this passage of Scripture. He says, when the field is ready, work. When the field is ready, work. Now I'm going to, I forgot to tell Matt something. 
Matt, um, in, in this video, I have a link. In this PowerPoint, I have a link to a video a couple slides from now. So maybe you could pull that. I'm sorry. Should have, I meant to tell you that this morning, but I forgot. And so if you could look and see if you could pull that up so when it gets there, we can be ready for it. But when the field is ready, work. Yesterday, I went and did some Christmas present shopping. I got some Christmas presents done and we wrapped them. And yesterday was a whirlwind day. Uh, some of the things that, you know, there was basketball game, Christmas program concert. I wanted to go visit some people. And we, I wanted to do a little bit of shopping and wrapping and spending some time with the kids and, and just and, and everything. And, and I know, me and my wife were talking about it. The next two weeks, it's just going to go into like fast forward motion. Especially in our household, we've got a daughter that turns 14 two days before Christmas. The day after Christmas, I got one that turns 16 and is super excited about getting her driver's permit. <laughs> it's going to be like so fast. And so we got to think and we got to plan and get Christmas presents and stuff. But last night, in all this hustle and bustle, got to the end of the day, sat down. And my son said, Dad, there's water coming out of this kitchen sink into the basement. I just sat down. It's the first time I sat down since 4 o'clock in the morning. And the... Uh, Yeah, you know how that goes. When you got a lot to do, that's when something like that happens. And I remember as I was driving to Lowe's, I said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this. Because you, you know exactly what's going on during those problems. But I'd like you to think about it. Imagine you get closer, closer, closer to Christmas and you're getting close. You don't have those presents. And Okay, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And then Christmas Eve comes and you, like I started saying, you haven't bought those Christmas presents. Imagine if I had gotten to Christmas Eve, hadn't bought any of those Christmas presents, and then that had happened. Imagine that. But Jesus Christ says the most important is when the field is ready, work. Remember, what's more important than food? Mission. Sharing the kingdom. Telling others the story of Jesus. And like a Christmas present, we might put it off till tomorrow, and put it off till tomorrow, and put it off till tomorrow. And okay, I can get that done on Christmas Eve. They were like, well, we'll share, we'll share the story of Jesus someday, someday, someday. Well, what happens if we keep putting it off, keep putting off the work that God has us to do, keep putting off the work that God has us to do, and all of a sudden disaster hits and it's too late. Maybe a car accident takes life too soon. Maybe an argument that divides a family and you never get the opportunity to speak again. Maybe the rapture and you're gone. What's more important than food? Sharing the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ.
I ask a question here. What wages are you working for? The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. We talked about this last week too. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What are you working for today? Are you keep building up those the wages of sin is death? Or are you, like it says in the book of John chapter 4, earning the worthy wages of eternal life? Look in verse 36. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. I want to be very, very clear that what I mean up there has nothing to do with earning your salvation. But what it means is your work and your mission here in this world, what you are striving for, is doing things that are going to help other people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and make sure that they're on their way to heaven. That's fruit worthy of the kingdom. i got another thing that I'd like you to, to think about today. God invested his life in you. Have you shown any interest in him? Are you investing in lives for all of eternity? The rewards will far outweigh anything that you could put into it. When God gives you the opportunity, make sure that you're reaping the harvest. Now here's where I got that video. I'm going to see if Matt can pull that up. And I'd like you just to kind of watch this clip a little bit. This is, this is the preview for a, a movie. I know the movie will look a little bit David, dated, but I'd like you to see it and, and take a look at some of the things in, in this Clip. Go ahead. Man. From Cristiano Film Group. I have time for you. What's that? The end of the world. What about it? I think I know when it's going to end. You did what? A week from Thursday, eight o'clock. Are you nuts? Something someone hear about that stuff? What do you mean? That paper is great. How do you prove God exists if you can't even see him? I don't know. David White, Brad Heller, in a film about the second coming of Jesus Christ. End of the Harvest. There's just a short little clip, and I thought it wouldn't take too much time, so I put that up there. But in that movie, and I, I, I talked a minute ago, or in our Sunday school class, about how Sometimes when I'll see a film like that, it will bring like tears to my eyes as I think about the reality of it all. In that movie, there's something that stuck with my mind. And, and it's that clip where there's that guy working out in the field, working out in the field. And all through the movie, there's that guy and he's got he's sowing the wheat in the field. He's re, he's reaping the harvest. He's not sowing. He's reaping. But he's out there. and He's working. He's working. He, he's constantly taking the sweat off his brow and he's reaping the harvest and he's reaping the harvest and he's reaping the harvest. And the point of the, of the video is that the time is short. People would like to talk about the end of the world and when it's coming, 
But the truth is, is that only Jesus Christ knows when your time is done. And when the Lord will call the church home. And things in this world are not going to be very fun for those left behind. And we need to be busy going about the work of the kingdom. Serving the Lord. Reaping the harvest. And in that movie, they, they, they go to this verse, this passage of scripture. I'd like us to look there in Hosea chapter 6. If you'll take your Bibles this morning. Go to Hosea chapter 6. In Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 to 3, it says, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will rise. He will raise us up, that we may live in his sight. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain of the earth. I love this passage of Scripture. I believe that this passage of Scripture was intended for the nation of Jerusalem, for the nation of, of Israel, for the city of Jerusalem. And the healing power of God. But as I look at that verse, I also think that it had us think about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. It shows us that God is actively involved in healing the world. And that with Him supplying the rain to allow us to reap the harvest. To give us the salvation through his finished work on the cross. He has the power to heal the brokenhearted. To revive those who are lost and dead in their sins. And we need to be actively involved in reaping that harvest. So Jesus says right here, he says... Here is what's more important than food. Is that you are actively being involved in reaping the harvest and going out and doing labor worthy of the king. Working for heaven. Because the days are short. We don't know when our last opportunity to share the gospel with someone might be. And we need to be actively involved in doing that. The next thing I say Jesus talks to his disciples about the mission. And my next thing in the book of John that I see after that is that the Samaritans believe. The woman went out and she said, you need to come see Jesus. And so they come to see him. They come to hear him. And let's look back in John chapter 4 and let's look at their reaction. Because I think their reaction is awesome. It's our scripture of the month this month. 
And it's amazing what transpires in that city of Sychar in the land of Samaria. It says in John chapter 4, in verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So I'd like to, to look at, you know, Jesus says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, You are my witnesses. We are his witnesses. Just like the Samaritan woman, we are supposed to testify the words of Jesus Christ. And he says in there, you will minister to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. It's kind of interesting. Jesus set the pattern up. Because we see him going down to Jerusalem and talking to a guy by the name of Nicodemus. And then he heads out to Samaria and he talks to this Samaritan woman. And before you know it, in the, later on in this book, we're going to see it, where Jesus is going to send the message to the uttermost part of the world. And you, Christian, today, you are supposed to actively be, be in Jesus' witness to the world around you. In your home, in your neighborhood, and any place you have opportunity to, to set your feet, be a, be a minister. Somebody sharing the testimony of Jesus Christ. The Samaritans heard the woman's testimony and it piqued their interest. They came and they, they, she said to him, hey guys, you've got to come see this Jesus who I've seen, who I've heard. With my, you've got to come see him. And they said, well... Okay, I guess so. But it's very interesting. I put it up here. They believed on their own. It was God working in their heart. I, I, I want everybody to know Jesus Christ is their personal Savior. I want to have a conversation with somebody and I want... I want them to accept the Lord as their Savior, and I want their life to be changed, right then and there. But I got to remember that this point that I see here: the woman came and she shared her testimony of what Jesus had done in her life. She couldn't get those guys saved. She couldn't be responsible for their their salvation. They had to be responsible for their own salvation. She sowed a seed. She went out and she shared the message of the gospel. She did what she was supposed to. She gave testimony what Jesus had done in her life. But you want to know who does the saving work? It's the Holy Spirit moving in their life and them deciding on their own to accept the Savior. We need to be very responsible 
and telling the world about Jesus. But it's God who quickens, who makes life. It's the Holy Spirit who pleads with that soul. And it's a very, very, very personal faith. We do our job. We go out there. We share the gospel. We, we share the plan of salvation. We might even uh, tell them how they might be able to pray a sinner's prayer. But it's between that person and the Savior. They have to decide. You can't make that decision for them. You could pray for them a hundred times, but it's a personal thing. Your prayers do a lot. They, they, they will move. They will get to the heart of God. They will get to his throne. And he will move and he will act. But you've got to be faithful in sharing and let the Lord do his work. It says in there that they believe. Our, our verse of the month says, Now we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. I intend, I personally intend to see those Samaritans one day. That's the truth of what I believe, is that one day when I get to heaven, I'm going to meet these guys. Their names aren't here, but I'm sure I'm going to meet them one day. Because they had a personal faith. They said, we believe, we know that this is the Christ, the Savior of the world. Think about John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God, even to them that believe on his name. They believed in his name. On that day they became the children of God. And if you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, your own personal faith, you become the child of God. So if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior today, you are his child. If you don't believe, if you've never come to that saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, you are not his child. No one can make that decision for you. The other thing I believe in reading this passage of Scripture is that they believed and they received eternal life. John 20, 31 says, But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in his name. I, I hear people talk about how you can get to heaven. And I don't care what anybody else says to me. I believe the book. I don't, I'm not going to heaven because my parents knew Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I'm not going to heaven because I've done good things. I'm not going to heaven because I'm better than the guy next to me. Or because I went to church. Or because I made a covenant in baptism. Or I made a covenant by having, having a communion one day. I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus Christ did for me. And I followed the book and I believed on Jesus Christ as my Savior. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible says it. I believe it. I'm not going to twist 
the scripture. There are people out there who would. I'm going to take the scripture at face value. And believe it. This was a saving faith. They said, we believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior of the world. And I hope that you can join that we today. If you haven't already. It changed their life. And do you notice what story we read this morning in our responsive scripture reading? We read the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, the one that you heard as a child where the guy gets beat up by thieves and left for dead. And the priest walks by and he turns up his nose. And the Levite walks by and he walks on the other side and he doesn't want to have anything to do with him. But the Samaritan, the Samaritan goes and he takes this guy and he helps him. He bandages him. He takes him to a place where he can get real help and continues to help him down the road. I think that we, we call that a parable. But I put up here, the good Samaritan story may have been more rooted in reality than in just a fable. Because I think a lot of people just think, oh, this is like a fable. But this has got a good story with it. It's... I look at this story and I look at what the Gospels say. Jesus took the message to the Samaritans and they believed. And when you believe in Jesus Christ, you are saved and he actively changes your life. And so then I, I, I read the story of the Good Samaritan. And I see somebody who's actively involved in loving his neighbor. I think that on that day God gave him a mission. And nothing was more important than that mission. We're bringing it full circle. Maybe that good Samaritan was on his way to a Christmas dinner. And he said hey this is more important right now. And I stop and I, I help this guy. What's different about the good Samaritan? I in my mind. I put this all together as a whole. Jesus came to the woman at the well. He offered her eternal life, living water, the kind of life that would change her completely, transform her from the, the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's light, changed her from a sinner to a saint. And she goes and she, she tells that message to others. They meet Jesus, they hear his story, and they believe. And it transforms the whole community. And then these transformed people that have believed in Jesus, their lives are forever changed. And then they end up being the good Samaritan because they believed in Jesus Christ. I think it's a whole lot more than being a nice guy to somebody on the road. I think it's a story of your life has been changed because you believe in Jesus Christ. It changes the way you think. It changes the things you do. And your mission 
of sharing the story of Jesus through your words and your actions changes everything. Put the two together. Don't tell the story of the Good Samaritan without telling the story of the woman at the well and the town believing. And don't tell the story of the woman at the well without including the story of the Good Samaritan. That's what Christ wants to do. So I ask you today. You got a lot of chances to eat this week. You've got a lot going on in your life. Things are going to get busy. But what's more important? We need to be busy. Reaping the harvest. Doing the work of the gospel. For all eternity. Being people of the book. Telling the story of Jesus. Because you never know when everything's going to explode. When your world is going to come crashing down. And tomorrow might be too late. I put an image on the screen of a guy out working in a, in a field, reaping the harvest, wiping the sweat off his brow. And he was working and working and working and working. We need to pick up right where he left off. We need to be busy doing the work of the kingdom. Let's pray. Lord and Savior, I thank you for this story we have today about reproducing the message. Jesus Christ, who was our example, told a woman who told the town, who believed in Jesus, who gave us the story of the Good Samaritan. Help us to realize that telling the message is more important than food. Lord, give us opportunity this week. Lay some soul on our heart. Help us to be busy going about reaping the message of the kingdom. Help us not to be too busy with the cares of this world to not do things worthy of the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.